Hey folks, before we get to the podcast today, huge announcement. My next book, which is called Whole, Restoring What's Broken in Me, You, and the Entire World, comes out on August 22nd, which is so close. So you can find out all about it by going to steveweens.com slash whole. You can read some excerpts. You can see where you can buy it and you can share it. So uh, get into that, my friends, and uh, enjoy today's podcast. So let's talk about God. What is God? Where is God? Who is God? And how does God inhabit our stories? our hopes, our fears, our dreams. Where is God taking all of this, if in fact God is taking all of it anywhere at all? This is a series on God. I'm not sure how long it's going to go, but I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to share my own journey of understanding God through stories. I'm going to share some odd but poignant stories found in the bewildering, beguiling scriptures. And I'm going to invite you to bring your stories and enter into it as well. Enjoy. Well, welcome to God Part 3. Today I want to talk about the inevitable association that all of us are going to have with a particular tribe, a religion, a spiritual group, a family, sometimes a cult, uh, with whom we feel spiritual affinity. Uh, And then I want to talk about the almost inevitable invitation away from that tribe and how that feels scary and sometimes heretical, how it's confusing, but also how it's undeniable. And how if you try to deny it, which all of us almost always do, uh, you end up with a kind of spiritual ulcer that won't go away, a kind of perpetual unease that you're being dishonest with yourself, dishonest with God, and dishonest with the world. So I want to normalize this. I want to say it's not bad, it's not evil, it's just it happens to almost all of us who continue to learn and grow uh, in our understanding of the mysterious, beautiful God who um, is just always being known by us. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this clear from the very beginning. I am so not anti-tribe. I am a part of a tribe. I'm a part of the Christian tribe universally. I'm also part of a particular Christian tribe, a particular denomination. I've chosen to be part of it, um, and it is a good thing. But I also want to talk about uh, the inherent limitations that all tribes have and rooting yourself in something that's larger than yourself with whom you have affinity is a good thing. Uh, Getting trapped in it and staying in something that's no longer good for your soul is not a good thing. And so I want to be really clear on that on the front end. I am not a cowboy. I am not a lone ranger. I'm not someone that says tribes are bad. Tribes are good. What I'm trying to do again is just talk about the almost inevitable experience that you will have if you continue to grow and expand in your knowledge of God, self, and others, that the tribe that you used to define yourself with, maybe even radically, um, you you start to see the limitations. And sometimes that means just resizing your tribe, staying in it, but resizing it. 
within your own understanding. And sometimes it means that you can no longer stay in the tribe. So I want to talk about closed systems. I want to talk about broken systems and I want to talk about open systems. And then I want to talk about some words that Jesus uses in Matthew chapter 10 about hating your family and turning family members against one another and about not bringing peace but a sword that are really super confusing. Uh, But also when we understand them in the context of that he's talking about tribes and the limitations of tribes, it starts to make a whole lot more sense. So um, I want to give one more little um, preamble or, you know, I don't know what the word is for this condition or maybe a warning. For some of you, I think this podcast is going to feel incredibly freeing. It's going to feel incredibly hopeful and it's going to feel like it, it, it gives you somewhere to go with some of the confusing feelings that you've had. For other people, it might raise some like concerns, or you might feel, oh, I don't get it, or, oh, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm down with that. Whatever your reaction, totally cool, totally fine, totally okay. My uh, suggestion slash um, my request would be for you to just treat this podcast and the other folks that might be listening to it as a broad spectrum of ideas uh, that might uh, be helpful and might not be helpful depending on where you're at. So if it's not helpful, let it go. Throw it away. Delete it if you need to. (laughs) It's okay. This is just the first word in a, in a hopefully a long conversation. Uh, If it is helpful, save it, um, play it again, uh, contact me if you want to, steve at stevewings.com. I'd love to talk more about it. So here we go. Closed systems. Um, imagine a fenced-in yard. I'm actually looking at my backyard right now. It is has a beautiful fence around it. I remember when we put that fence in. We put that fence in because we needed to put the fence in. We had very small children, and we wanted to Uh, let them go play out in the backyard without worrying that they were going to run into the snarling jaws of dogs or whether they were going to run away or not. So we put in a fence and it was really helpful. It gave us a sense of security. It gave us a sense that there were going to be some clear boundaries around where our kids could play and where our kids couldn't play. Uh, It gave us a sense of stability. Uh, Mary and I could let the kids go outside like when they were, I remember when Isaac was four and and the twins were two, uh, we could let them play for a few minutes at a time. Um, And, you know, maybe we'd be standing up there on the deck and sometimes we'd just be sitting inside and getting a little bit of a mental break. (laughs) So it was such a good thing. It was such an amazing thing. But I want you to imagine if, so now, you know, our kids are 10 and eight and um, they still play in the backyard. But from time to time, they go past the backyard and they go down to the park. Um, Now, even that, you know, they're still not so old that we just let them go for the day. But we've we've extended their boundaries. Um, Just the other day, they went down to the park by themselves for about 15 or 20 minutes before we came down and met them there. And that's appropriate because they are learning what it means that their world is bigger than just their backyard. So in the same way, um, some systems of belief are closed systems. There's a really clear boundaries about what is allowed to believe, what is not allowed to believe. 
um, closed systems or really fundamentalism of any kind. And I don't want you to automatically think like that that's a negative, terrible thing. I think it can become uh, terrible things. But I want to point out um, just a few years ago, I was speaking in a recovery center uh, that is very much a closed system. It's filled with people who have been addicted to chemicals and other substances, and they need a kind of fundamentalist environment where there's a real clear fence, real clear boundaries, where there's clarity, stability, security. So this is not a bad thing always. It can become a bad thing when uh, the people within that system grow and change, like my boys grow, grew, have grown and have changed. And if we keep insisting that they stay within the same backyard that we that they stayed in when they were four and two, I mean, imagine when my kids get to be 18 and 16 and I say, okay, no, you can't drive in your car to your friend's house. No, you can't go to the football game. Uh, if you want to go outside, you can go into the small backyard that we have and you can play there and you can hang out there uh, because I, I want to have a sense that you can never be in danger and you're always going to be safe. And I want to have a real clear understanding of where you're going to be and where you're not going to be. Religious systems can get like this too. And you know it can because many of you have experienced religious systems that are really just like that. Um, the benefits of closed systems, it really benefits only a few people. Usually it benefits the people that are in power, but very often it, it claims to benefit those who adhere to the specific rules and values and beliefs that are within the backyard. Uh, and But if you start to believe in something that is beyond the backyard, then you're immediately seen as suspect, as betraying the values, as disloyal. You're seen as dangerous. You're seen as a heretic. You're seen as someone who the other people shouldn't associate with, and you are eventually kicked out. Um, but that's if you don't kick yourself out first. Uh, those of us who grow, just like my boys are growing, uh, learn that closed systems are only good for a period of time uh, when we need them, uh, when, we're, when we do not have it, when we cannot on our own develop sort of the belief systems that are consistent with the age and expansiveness that we are. Um, again, when we're four years old and two years old, we need that fence. When you're a recovering addict and you're just one day sober, you need that fence. There's other arenas where you really need clarity, stability, and security. And that's what a closed system offers you through the clear boundaries, clarity, stability, and security. Uh, now, uh, we move out of the closed systems by facing down our questions and naming how trapped we feel. If you are in a closed system right now where you feel like you have grown beyond it, chances are you feel trapped and you feel labeled by the people because you're starting to question things. You feel like you're being disloyal and you don't wanna be disloyal. You love these people actually and you have many memories, beautiful, uh, good memories of your time with these people and in this system but you can no longer um, pretend that you don't have any questions and that you don't have any wonderings about what life is like outside of that fence. You have met people 
that uh, the people within your fence have said, those people are dangerous, those people are outside of the belief system, those people aren't connected to God in the way that we are, but you've met them and you've understood that they know God maybe just as much or maybe more than you do. But it, it's, it, it, and at first that raises a kind of fear, like what does it mean that that person that I've believed all my life, they don't get it, they're outside, they're on the other side of good and bad, uh, and I've even maybe demonized those group of people. But now that I know one of them or several of them, now that I've talked to them about God and about spiritual things, I can no longer demonize them. I, I, I can no longer say that they are automatically on the outs. Mm -hmm. And so what that does is that creates a real cognitive dissonance inside of your head and your heart. You have a real sense of like, you don't know what to do with all of those uh, feelings and thoughts. And so, because either, either that person that you met is not legit and they really are on the outside of the belief system and they really aren't good, they really are the other, they really don't get it, or the people inside your belief system uh, have a limited and maybe not even bad, maybe not even wrong, but just a limited understanding of who God is and where God goes. And so um, you eventually, if you want to keep growing in your understanding of God, and I love what Richard Rohr says, that God is mystery, but mystery is not something that we can never understand. Mystery is something that we can endlessly understand. I love that. Mystery is not something that we can never understand. Mystery is something that we can endlessly understand. And so when it's time to to exit this closed system, it's very difficult. We might lose some relationships, but we do so by facing our fears. Like what will happen if I start to get honest about what I really believe? What relationships, like will I lose relationships? You might, uh, you might not, um, but probably you will. Uh, will I lose some sense of security and clarity and stability? Almost decidedly you will. You will trade some of your rock solid clarity and rock solid stability and real security for um, a dangerous new understanding. You'll go beyond the fence and you won't exactly know what you're gonna find when you get there. And some of your preconceived notions and beliefs about God and people are gonna be challenged. But we break out of the closed systems by facing those fears, by acknowledging our questions and by naming how trapped we feel. So I wanna pause and just say, like if you are there, if you feel like you're a part of a closed system and uh, you know, you've been, yes, yes, maybe even crying as you've been listening to this because you realize like for so long, maybe you have denied these questions that you've had. I wanna just tell you, you're not bad for, for, <laughs> for thinking these things. Some people might make you feel like you're bad and disloyal. But essentially, all you're doing is being honest with the reality that you are experiencing. And that's really all that you can do. Uh, once you've experienced something about people and about God, you can't unexperience it. Once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. Once you've tasted it, you can't untaste it. And it doesn't mean that you're being duped. Uh, some people might say that. Uh, within your closed system, hey, you're just being tricked, you're being trapped, you're, you're just following culture, all those things. And certainly, I mean, is that a danger for some of us? Absolutely. But 
it my in my experience um when you sit with something long enough you 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 begin to know deep in your soul and you can trust this what is real and what is true and and what is sort of capitulation to um a theory that really holds no water and so um my encouragement to you if you're feeling these things is write your questions out write your fears out like literally write them out or talk to someone about them name how trapped you feel and then start to decide how are you going to move out of that closed system okay so uh the second uh system i want to talk about in in a much much quicker way <laughs> is uh, what's called a broken system and essentially a broken system is what you create uh, when you've moved out of a closed system, but really the broken system you've created is defined and maintained only in relationship to the closed system that you are rejecting. So it, it's, it's, it's really just all about what you're against and you've experienced that. You've been a part of that. You've seen that when a new movement rises up and it's really passionate but and it feels good to be against doesn't it feel good to be against something that you've you know like yes i'm not for that anymore there's a sense of um superiority that you feel about that there's a sense of justice that that rises up in you and i i think in some ways you know maybe you have to go through this even if it's privately like when you leave something there's a sense of like i i gotta be um i have to name that which i'm against but broken systems are are really very very um shallow in terms of what they can really do in terms of helping you to continue to grow uh, the energy that flows from a broken system when you only define yourself based on what you're against is a kind of violent energy and at the end of the day violence only begets more violence and so um Typically, people that start broken systems and they don't move through it into an open system, they just create another closed system, right? They just like the revolution uh, starts and at first it feels freeing and at first it feels amazing and it feels like, yes, we've thrown the yoke of slavery off of us. Uh, but then you just build a new backyard and, you know, of your new beliefs that are totally against the old system and anyone who believes still in the, in the old closed system that you left, they're, they're the other, you, you start to demonize them and then you realize, oh man, I'm back in a closed system. If you're lucky, you, you realize that. So I think in some ways you, you, you have to go through the broken system, uh, in order to get to something better, um, but you cannot stay there. I'll never forget one time, this was probably 15 years ago, my friend and I were at an Irwin McManus conference, he was speaking, and we were talking about like um, uh, a certain kind of sit closed system that we were very frustrated with. And we were talking, and, we, and, and my friend and I asked him, Irwin McManus, we asked him how, how, how we're supposed to move into the next thing, you know, and again, we were, you know, in our, we were 31 or 32, we were so sure that we were right about everything and that we saw everything super clearly. And he just looked at us and he, and he, and he said, beware of, of, of uh, starting something based on just what you're against. Because if you do that, you're going to walk backwards into the future. And I've never forgotten that picture. 
What does it mean to walk backwards into the future? Well, I think in part it means you have absolutely zero, zero ability to see what you need to see. You're just going to look back in the past and what you're fighting against. And at the end of the day, that, my friends, that is not good. So now we've made it to an open system and an open system um, instead of the backyard with the clear rules and stability and clarity and security, you're moving into a kind of intimacy with God as a lover might. Uh, you see the limitations of the clothes and the broken systems, but you also see the invitation to life that are trapped inside of those. You see that that closed and broken systems are inherently if you, if you follow them all the way to the end, they, they are signposts to a good open system because they're so limiting. And sometimes we need to get it really, really wrong uh, before we get it really, really right. And I don't even like the way I said that, getting it right and getting it wrong. But, but I think there's, there's, there's some real benefits to really experiencing a closed system and then a broken system to realize like they don't hold life. So um, in an open system, you start to believe more and more in the mystery that is God. You, you start to dive further and further into what it really means that God is, has created the whole world and is redeeming the whole world. You start, to, uh, you, you, you start to get to know a Jesus who is so much bigger than your particular tribe. And you understand that Jesus cannot be co-opted by any tribe. You understand that, that he, while he was living on the earth, he surrounded himself by religious people, non-religious people, people who had gotten it right their whole life, people who had never gotten it right, people who were sinning completely and people who were following the law completely. And he invited all of them into the kingdom of God, which had invaded the earth through the person and work of Jesus. And it was available to all of them. It had crashed into earth and it was available to people that had no business in any kind of a synagogue and it belonged and was invited uh, to people who ran the synagogue. And so it transcended tribe, it transcended the closed systems. And it wasn't just another broken system. It was an open system where uh, Jesus the Christ uh, rose from the dead and announced a new way of living, that death no longer was the last word, that closed and broken systems were no longer the only way to experience God. And um, But in, in open systems, once you start to move down this road, you give up some of your clarity and you give up some of your security. And now you're in the wide, wide open, wet, wild west where the things that you're certain about, then uh, there are some things, even in open systems, there's some things that you are, you can be and are certain about. But that list is so much shorter uh, and you're so much less sure about who's in and who's out. You're so much less sure uh, than the ways that you used to be so sure in. And this can create a little cognitive dissonance as well. It can feel uh, a little slippery and a little wrong at first. But I wanna tell you that in closed and broken systems, we can see our belief system, and no one says this, but it's really true, uh, like uh, a house of cards. And I'm not talking about the TV show, I'm talking about an actual like picture building a house 
out of cards. You know, everything's delicately balanced. And, and if you pull one card out of it, the whole thing's going to collapse. That's what a closed system and even a broken system is built on. Everything, every tiny little belief has to be absolutely rock solid or else the whole thing falls apart. In an open system, you actually give up that sense of security and you move into a wild intimacy with God where, um, as, uh, gosh, I think it was St. John of the Cross said, uh, God cannot be known, God can only be loved. Where God cannot be known, God can only be loved. And so I want to stop there and again say, like, if, if you are starting to experience that, where uh, much more mystery, much less certainty, and I'm not talking about no certainty. I'm not talking about everything goes. I'm not talking about God is whoever you want God to be. I'm talking about moving further and further along the line where you are understanding more and more of the mystery of God. And as you understand more and more of the mystery of God, you understand how much you become actually smaller and God becomes bigger. And you start to believe that and you start to realize that the closed system as helpful as it was, was really all about control. And it was really all about mastering your faith. And it was really all about you. I mean, honestly, and this is a hard thing to believe. In an open system, when you start to move toward that, you really get resized. And I'm not talking about you're not important. You understand how ultimately you are loved and held and cherished by God as a lover, um, but not as a person that God wants to control. Like God doesn't want to control you. God doesn't want to force you to do anything. God, who is essentially relationship, Father, Son, and Spirit in Trinity, God, who is fundamentally relationship, is fundamentally acting in relationship to invite you into relationship and that mutually loving, sacrificing, and indwelling relationship that is the perfect trinity. And that is a mystery that if you think you understand by understanding you know, the doctrines, um, I, I'm just gonna simply say, we don't quite get that yet, gang. Um, it's a mystery that's, uh, that's gonna be endlessly understood. And so just a, just a quick look at uh, this, because um, Jesus really talked about tribes quite a bit. And we, we, we get to this really confusing set of teachings in Matthew chapter 10. And I want to read it to you because it's, it's really so confusing and so weird. Um, but, but, but it says this, starting in verse 32 of Matthew chapter 10, So everyone who owns up in front of others to being on my side, I will own them before my Father in heaven. Sounds a lot like a new tribe maybe even a broken system. But anyone who disowns me in front of others, I will disown that person before my Father in heaven. It's like, whoa, oh my gosh, that sounds so rigid. And then he goes on, don't think it's my job to bring peace on the earth. I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword, which doesn't sound like anything like Jesus says anywhere else. I came to divide a man from his father, a daughter from her mother, and a daughter-in-law from her mother-in-law. Yes, you'll find your enemies inside your own front door. Oh my gosh. If you love your father or mother more than me, you don't deserve me. What? If you love your son or daughter more than me, you don't deserve me. What? 
Anyone who doesn't pick up their cross and follow after me doesn't deserve me. And if you find your life, you'll lose it. Here, here we go. If you find your life, you'll lose it. And if you lose your life because of me, you'll find it. Now, uh, that sounds a lot. That sounds like tribes. That sounds like a closed system. But if you read it, understanding the system that Jesus was speaking against, he was speaking against a very closed system, a closed religious system that said the only people that got it were the people that are circumcised, were the people that follow the 613 laws, were the people that do the ritual washings. And there was absolutely no chance of understanding God in this closed system unless you were a part of that Jewish system. Back in the day and uh in the time of jesus jesus was was building a different system altogether. he was building a new tribe all all together and the people that were a part of that tribe were non-jews and jews and they were starting to mix together and it was ultimately it felt like heretical it's i mean the the backyard fences were being destroyed and it was getting huge and um and his his followers were were starting to understand that uh this wasn't just a broken system we weren't we weren't just against the old system we were actually creating something ultimately totally new and we were giving up security and we were giving up clarity and we were embracing mystery and when jesus said things like remain in me and i will remain in you uh, it sounded a whole lot more like a love affair than it did like a religion or a set of dogmas to follow and so when Jesus says things like, um, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword, and I've come to set father against their son, he's actually not saying anything about hating your actual family. He's talking about, don't put your closed system tribe above me. Don't think that you can get life by just adding me to your closed system. That's what he's saying. He's saying you can't, I'm, I am not just an additive to, you know, put a little pinch of sugar, a little, little pinch of salt. Uh, I am creating something altogether new. And if you don't get that, then, then you, then you don't get what I'm doing. Do you see what I'm saying there? Like Jesus is, is certainly, I mean, he, uh, many other times he affirms the commandments to honor your father and mother at his own death. He instructs his friend john the disciple john to take care of his mother so he's not advocating hatred for your families he's not saying uh he's not his uh stuff on he doesn't bring peace but a sword is not pro-violence it's i have come to break up the tribe system and create something ultimately and altogether new uh, that's what he's doing and we the temptation is then to take that radical message and domesticate it into another closed or broken system <laughs> instead of saying Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And his way was an open system where he invited anyone who was hungry to come in. I mean, that if you read the Gospels with and think of it like an open system instead of a closed system, you realize how radical it is. I mean, and it, and it, it, his message will, will be what feels heretical. Okay. All right, folks. Um, some helpful resources for you if you are right in the middle of this, uh, maybe leaving a closed or, or broken system, trying to embrace mystery. There's a book by Richard Rohr called Everything Belongs. 
uh, highly encourage you to read that. It's just a slim little book, um, but it's packed with really, really good stuff. If you're, if you're um, right in the middle of um, some of this thinking, Everything Belongs will really help. Uh, and then I would say the Gospels. Honestly, read through the Gospels through the lens of an open system. And anytime it sounds like a closed system or it sounds like a broken system, just say, nope, Jesus, Jesus didn't, wasn't creating another closed system, and he certainly wasn't creating another broken system. He was creating something altogether new. And then the third thing is, um, uh, be, gra- be gracious, as gracious as you can with the people that don't really understand where you're going or, or what you're doing. Be as gracious as you can. Be, um, when people ask questions, um, try your hardest to not be defensive. People that aren't where you are honestly don't get it. Uh, doesn't mean they can never get it. And some people don't want to get it, but they're all, there will be people who ask you questions that really do want to get it. And they really do want to understand where you are. So try to be as honest as you need to be in your safe circles of people. Rage against the machine, you know, um, rage in your journals, rage in your in your prayers. But when when someone comes to you and says, I, I please, I just, I don't really understand it. Um, help, help me understand it. Try to take some time uh, to remember that, hey, this is something that you're experiencing. Uh, they don't have to experience it. You don't have to now become an evangelist for the open system. That's not how it works. <laughs> That's not how it works. That's just a broken system parading as an open system. Uh, we're not going to be united by what we're against. We're going to be united in the fact that we're pursuing intimacy with God uh, as a lover might, which is completely unpredictable and out of control, to be quite honest. Um and so um, give, give yourself, uh, g- give other people a little grace. And then lastly, give yourself a little grace. You're not going to do this perfectly. You're not going to have every conversation perfectly. Um, but you also don't need to tell everybody what you're thinking, right? Give yourself a little grace just to hold something. If you're not ready to share something, if you're not ready to, and certainly be, I want to say, be, be careful where you share some of these thoughts because they really, they really do sound dangerous. Um, and if people don't understand you and people don't really get it, um, then it's, it's probably going to cause more harm than good. If you sort of, you know, do a random Facebook post or, you know, that, that's, that's just going to feel and, and, and sound like a broken system. Like you're just raging against the machine, but give yourself a little grace, um, no matter where you're at, give yourself, um, lots and lots of, um, room and, 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 and space just to be where you are. Okay, friends, that was God part three. Uh, Again, uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, Please head over to my website, steveweens.com slash whole and check out uh, my new book. I'm very excited about it. It's really all about what it means to walk down the path of restoration and wholeness personally and communally. So uh, I hope you get into that. All right, friends, uh, we are dust and breath. We are limited and limitless. We are human and holy, and we are in it together. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow me on Facebook at Steve Ween's Author, 
Twitter at Steve Weens and Instagram at Steve Weens. And you can find all my work, all my books, the show notes, all kinds of other fun stuff on my website, steveweens.com. And please consider supporting me on Patreon. Lots of fun benefits for all levels of patrons. Check it out at patreon.com slash thisgoodword. The truth was you knew you were losing that fight in your suburban back.